All right, well, if you have your Bibles, let's get right into it. I'm going to preach to you for about 40 minutes, and just let's see where we go with this. But I wanted to just kind of pick up on this theme that Pastor has had, uh, pertinent to 2020. How many of you know it's not just 2021, the number one, but 2021, W-O-N. In other words, the Lord wants us to have a winning attitude. Amen? How many of you have a winning attitude in here? All right. A winning mindset, an attitude that we can't lose, an attitude of victory, an attitude of succeeding, not declining. Amen. Uh, an attitude that we're going forward in the things that God has for us. And so I want to talk a little bit uh, just about that today. But I think we have to make a mental shift, if you will, from one of defeat. You know, I think in some ways, 2020. Uh, even if you know God, but especially for the people that really don't know God, uh, the 2020 kind of knocked the wind out of some people. I mean, you can't go anywhere that you don't bump into somebody that's not like, oh my goodness, will 2020 ever end? And <laughs> they're just ready to be done with it. But you know, the things, that, here's the thing, um, things aren't always just cut off by calendar year. We have to, a lot of times when the calendar year shifts, we shift with it. And because everybody wants a do-over, everybody wants a new start. And that is important. That's why we do the New Year shift. I think people do. Uh, because we want to leave some things from the past in the past. And we want to make some steps forward. That's where all the, I guess you call it New Year's resolutions come from. And people make changes to their diet. Thank God, after Christmas. Uh, but, <laughs> I don't know, you ever all ever eat so much you think, I can't, if I ate like this all the time, I couldn't go to work. It's terrible. Uh, you know, you just one big meal after another. But anyway, uh, but so a lot of times people just make this shift. But here's the thing. You know, the devil doesn't just change because the, it goes from December 31st to the 1st of January. The devil's still the devil. He's still a bad devil. And he's still on the loose doing what he does. But we have to shift our mindset out of one of defeat and especially coming off of what has been what we're calling a year where there's been so many things like this, this pandemic type of year, uh, we are going to have to shift out of what the enemy would try to use to bring us into a place of defeated thinking. And here's the thing about the promises of God. God, God in the word, there's scriptures of, you know, promises of scripture. We know that, right? So many things that God has promised his people and for his people. But here's what we have to understand about God's promises. Just because they're there or just because there's a prophetic word does not mean that the promises are automatic. Okay? The promise of scripture is that all men would be saved. But all men won't be saved. The promises of scriptures, we had these people that were up here today to be filled with the Holy Spirit, is that they would, that that is available to, the, uh, to everybody, but not everybody will step into it. Divine healing is available in the word of God, but not everybody will walk in it. And it's no different with 2021. Now, God can enact a thing globally and corporately, but we still, as God's people, have to make the decision whether we're going to get in the wave of what God is doing or not. Amen. We have to decide whether or not we're going to ourselves personally, not just with the nation and everything going on with the election, we ourselves 
have to make a determination in here whether or not we're going to choose victory over defeat. And there will always be the opportunity for both. We'll always have the opportunity to walk into, come on, the Bible says, I've set before you, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, God said, I've set before you death and life. There's always the opportunity to go the way of defeat or the way of victory. And we're going to have to, after coming out of a pandemic year, we're going to have to make some hardcore internal decisions as the people of God if we want to walk in victory. Because some of you and those of you that are watching have walked through some tough stuff this year. And it's not just related to COVID. I mean, there's things that people go through personally that have nothing to do with COVID. Not anything at all, but they're still walking out some issues and challenges or whatever it is. And we're going to have to make, that's the time that we have to dig deep and decide whether we're going to walk in the promises of God or no. That's the time we got to dig down. Like they say, double down. I mean, we're going to have to double down and determine, no, I am not going to let the enemy kick me in the backside and go the route of defeatedness. I'm not going to do it. This is a time, like they say, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Pull up your bootstraps, partner. Get on your horse and ride afresh. We're going to have to decide to walk in the promises of God and not let the devil rip it. That's what happened to Israel. Okay? The promise of the, of the promised land was in front of them. But it took them 40 years to figure it out. Okay? And God had to, you know it, God had to allow a whole generation of people that never could step into victory. They never could see it. All they ever wanted was defeat. People are in love with defeat. They don't think they are. But they're in love with it by how they talk, right? Proverbs 18, 21, this isn't my message. This is just helpful for you. Proverbs 18, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Okay, those that love it. Or in other words, one translation says, whichever one you love to say the most, if you love to talk defeat, you know how you know people love to talk defeat? Look at them on Facebook. Oh, Fact of the matter is, is whatever one we love to emphasize, whatever one we love to rehearse in our mind, whatever one we love to go over again and again and again, the one we love to tell people about. If we love to tell people about all your hardships and challenges and defeats. Yeah, but Pastor Brenda, don't we just need to share with somebody to get help? Yeah, I'm, you could share with somebody to get help. But I will tell you, I promise you, when you get over in the path of victory, you don't have to spend as much time talking about it because something happens on the inside of you that changes you on the path of the things of God. So we're going to have to take victory by force. Somebody say, by force. And it's going to take faith. That's just the way it is. You have to have faith for healing. You know, you have to have faith to be saved. These people had to have faith to get out of their chair today and come up to the front and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It takes faith. And we don't need faith when everything's going right. You don't need faith when you're all healed and you got a purse or a wallet full of money and a bank account full of money. You don't need faith for money when the bank's full. You don't need, we don't need faith when all the family's not in strife. 
everybody's happy, all your kids are serving God, and everything's going well. You don't need faith then. We need faith when it's not going good. We need faith when the news is speaking false. We need faith when the devil is trying to tell us we're going to die and we're never going to make it another year. That's when we need faith. It's going to take faith this year to walk in victory. Say, Pastor Brenda, are you saying it's going to be a hard year? No, I'm just saying get on the way of faith and you'll find life is a whole lot easier than the way of doubt and negativity and unbelief. Step over on the other side. Get some positivity in your boots. Second Corinthians, this has been one of our theme scriptures that Pastor's been sharing, if you've been following. And it says these words, if they'll put it up. Now thanks, thanks, somebody say thanks. Now thanks be unto God, which always, underline the word, always, always causes us to triumph in Christ. It's an always thing. We'll talk about that. Always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now let me just say something about this phrase, always causes or causes us to triumph. Some other translations, if you're reading maybe in the NIV or the New Living or one of these others, it emphasizes it sort of like this. It says that God will cause us to triumphantly. It's kind of like um, if you could picture... Palm Sunday or at uh, Passover time when Jesus triumphantly, he came in and entered in on the donkey into Jerusalem right before the crucifixion. He, they call it the triumphal entry. And what this, this verse is trying to communicate is that we're to be pretty much kind of like on a procession with Jesus all the time and in partnership with him know that he is leading us always down a path toward victory. You've been hearing it in the election. Well, Trump has a path over here and path over there, the path to victory. You know, they even put those things on the media and in the news. What is the path to winning? And this is what Jesus is doing. The word is saying that Jesus does. He brings us on a path to always find victory, meaning that if there's a block over here and a roadblock over there or a trap of the enemy there, he will always lead us in procession around it to find the path that brings us to the ultimate result and the place that God has called us to go. I like to say it like this, don't ever think that the devil's going to cause you to miss God. If you follow Jesus closely, he will always lead you on the path to triumph. He will lead you. There might be obstacles. There might be traps set by the devil. Somebody in your family might be acting up. There might be a difficult place. Maybe it's a doctor's report. I don't know. There's always something that the enemy throws up. It's like, you know, an, um, the, uh, the minefield out in the battlefield and there might be a mine over here and you've got to avoid all the mines. But here's what you have to understand. You're walking in a triumphal procession with Jesus and he will ensure that you go around the traps and always lead you on the path to victory. That's what that verse is saying. So just because you see something explode beside you, don't think that it's going to take you out. It, there might be mines blowing up everywhere, okay? Think about soldiers on the battlefield who are out there and there's mines exploding everywhere. 
And, there, and they would be naturally be very afraid, but if they knew they were getting out undoubtedly and couldn't be harmed, it would be a different outlook. This is what the scripture's telling us. He always, somebody say always, always. causes always. us to triumph. If you believe it, you ought to shout for that. Yeah. We're always on the path to victory. Now, let's talk about the word always because I said that. And then I'm going to give you some helpful points um, when it comes to, you know, when you face things, you're like, how do you walk through it into victory? But the word always, now here's, here's kind of how this is. We have, we read scriptures like that and think, yeah, that's awesome. But our religious minds and Christianity a lot of the time has conditioned us to think, yeah, but Pastor Brenda, we have to be people that are balanced and there are times for victory and defeat. Don't you know? The Bible says there's a time to laugh, there's a time to cry, there's a time to die, there's, and all of this. And so what people are often, well, they will often say, in, and this is a good thing. It's kind of like when you raise your kids and they're going to play sports in school. You know, remember the old saying, they always say, you know, it's not whether you win or lose. See, we're, we're, this is how we're taught. And, 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 and we teach that out of a, I guess the best way to say it, we teach that out of a mannerly, polite way of telling our children or learning and as we grow up on how to be a good sport, okay? In other words, uh, you know, little, little, you know, to our little kids, you know, if you lose the baseball game, you don't run over and hit your opponent with a bat. You know, you learn how to tastefully take the loss and recognize that you still got to have a good attitude. But here, unfortunately, in the church, we, we next level that. And sometimes not realizing it, we as preachers even do this sometimes, or preachers in Christendom. I don't believe we do that here. Um, but as preachers condition people to lose before the game's ever been played. Religious minds, religious thinking teaches sometimes us to expect times of defeat. Well, now God heals, but you don't know if you're going to get healed. There's always the doubt cast. Okay, now think about it. My boys, you guys played football. Johnny, you play in the ring. You, you don't walk out there. You don't play in the ring. Okay, now let me use that. You don't play. Here's the deal. Well, mama, it's play. Because I need you to keep all your teeth. But anyway, so here's the deal. You don't get in the ring, or Matt, you don't play football. Walking, no team or opponent walks out onto the field or into the ring expecting to take a loss. What coach, come on now, let's, let's break this down. What coach would tell the team in the locker room, now get out there, boys, get out there, play hard, but you're going to get your backside kicked, baby. They don't do that. Even if they are the underdog of the underdog, okay, and the Huskers are playing Ohio State or something like that, No coach 
Oh, forgive me, I am an Oscar fan at heart. It's been a tough year. <laughs> when will 2020 be over? Anyway, here's the thing. But no coach is going to say, get out there and lose, guys. But, I, but what happens? I don't know, in the church, it's like we've got this mental conditioning to treat things like you're going to win and lose or you should expect a loss. You might pray, but preachers might tell you, or this is communicated, but you don't know God's going to do it. God's sovereign. You don't know his will. God may have a purpose in you carrying around that condition. God may have a purpose that your marriage all fell apart. God may have a purpose that that person died young. And this is how we're conditioned to think. We're conditioned, yeah, verbally we talk victory. But in everyday life, so much of the time in the church or in the Christian world, we're conditioned to brace for defeat. And so we have struggles with scriptures. Let me give you a few. We have struggles with scriptures like, here's a good one. Matthew 12, 15 says, and Jesus healed them Okay, you could read the same in the book of Acts. I think it's uh, Acts chapter 6. I think I wrote it down. Acts 6. No, Acts 5 and verse 16. It said when the apostles went out praying for people, it says they were healed every one. That's the last part of that verse. Okay? I would encourage you at some point to do a study on how many promises of scriptures or, uh, in the Bible are written in complete absolutes. Okay, Exodus 15, 26, God said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I will take sickness from you. I will do it. And yet some preacher will get up or some Christian friend or well-meaning person will tell you, well, but that may not mean or don't misinterpret. Here's another scripture, Psalm 34. If you read Psalm 34, verse 17, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all. There's that word all. We could spend 20 minutes here right now going through how many scriptures are complete absolutes of always, all, all the time. Amen? This is the way the Bible speaks. So it says to me that we should not condition ourselves. God did not condition the children of Israel to come out of Egypt to win a few and lose a few. They were so victorious with God at their back. The problem is they were the ones that couldn't see it. They were so victorious with God at their back. By the time, all those years later, they got to Jericho, they're met the spies by Rahab. And she said, we've heard of you. Everybody's in terror because of you. Because God kept bringing them from victory to victory to victory. But their mindset was conditioned for defeat. 
I believe we've got to make a shift in 2021 that we will begin to take on an attitude of I'm never going to lose. I'm never going to be defeated. The devil's not going to take me out. The devil's not going to keep me down. He's not going to take my children. He's not going to have my finances. He's not going to take my business. I'm a winner. And sometimes that means you got to get that Bible in your hand and pace your living room because it looks like everything's going the opposite direction. It feels like it's going the opposite direction. But you hold that word of God in your hand. Hold it up before God. Hold it in the face of the devil and the face of yourself. Say, I will not. There's power in the word no. Okay. Don't say no to God. That's stupid. But say no to the devil. Imagine if a whole lot more people, a whole lot more believers, would begin to say no rather well, it's just how we play. God has, we don't know what God's going to do. It's amazing how we say, well, you just need to get, we tell people, you just need to get in the will of God. And then we tell them on the other hand, you just don't know what he's going to do. Well, how do I know if I don't know what he's going to do? How am I going to get in the will of him? Come on, we speak in, we let religion teach us. We have to have an attitude of the absolutes of God in his word. We have a Pastor Brenda. People still experience defeat. I mean, look how many people, they died. They, they, I, in fact, I've heard this many times. I've been at this a long time. They'll say, oh, but I knew somebody that believed and spoke like you do, and they died. Well, I can't speak for that person. I don't know their story, okay? I'm not here to decide that. I'm not God. I don't know what their way was or what happened with that. I don't know everything. But one thing I do know is at least I can go back to the scriptures I, just because something happened to so-and-so or they, that happened with their place of employment doesn't mean that that is, they're not my experience to teach me how to walk with God. Because I'm still responsible to go to the scripture for me and take God at face value on what he put in black and white and red. I'm still obligated to that. Okay? Just because somebody chooses not to accept God and dies and goes to hell doesn't mean, oh, well, I could learn. I guess I should die and go to hell too. That's foolish thinking. And we've got to be people that take the word of God. It's amazing to me, even through this whole election cycle, how many Christians were just roll over and play dead. Well, we got to be nice to everybody. And it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Okay? If somebody were to walk in your house and take all the furniture out of your living room and your new flat screen TV that you just spent $1,500 on and they walked out, would you go, oh, well, it was yours all the time. That's okay. I just accept the results. To me... Agreeing, okay, now I'm going to get off topic, but let me just say this. To me, agreeing with cheating is no different than agreeing with abortion. 
The Bible says to those that are of the household of faith, let him that stole steal no more. Okay? They say you can witness a robbery, and if you don't report it, you can be considered accomplice to the crime. So as Christians, now they're worldly people. I don't know who got their hand in the cookie jar out there in the government, you know. Stubborn donkeys and spineless elephants. But, oh, okay, I got to tell you this. I saw a cute meme somebody shared. One thing that's been fun about the stimulus package is all the good memes that are out there. And, um, and I've heard this before, but they say, do you know a pack of baboons? A pack of baboons is called a Congress. Don't ever forget that. I'm scientific and didn't even know. <laughs> Fact of the matter is, just because there's a certain way doesn't mean that I have to go along with that. To me, agreeing with lying, cheating, stealing is no different than agreeing with abortion or non-traditional marriage or gender identification changes that don't align with the Bible. Okay, just because it's popular and half the world is looking the other way does not mean it's okay. And it's amazing to me how many believers in this modern culture, in the name of we don't want to make waves, we just want to be nice people, we don't want to get on anybody's ruffled feathers, we don't want to, you know, it's amazing how we as Christians don't want to speak anything truthful because we might have family members take us off Facebook and have rolled over. I believe the reason things like the gay agenda, abortion have taken this nation and the nations like a floodgate is because too many Christians didn't want to speak out. We don't want to stand for it. And then the next thing you know, I mean, I never thought in a million years, when I got born again filled with the Holy Spirit in 1982, I never thought in a million years I'd see a pastor, not a real pastor, but a pastor stand up in a church and marry two men. I never thought I'd ever see it. But it's amazing in recent times how Christians... Rather than take absolute victory in a standpoint of no, we're going to stand up to the devil, we have just rolled over and played dead. Think about it with church attendance. Oh, there's a virus. Now, the government knows we're reasonable people. We're not here to just endanger people. We're not here to just do... But we also know the enemy has tried for decades to squelch the voice of this great gospel. It's amazing. Christmas Eve, Pastor had to go. We had to take our little dog, Chica, to, to the groomer. We took the big dogs, but she couldn't go because she had her little space, so hers had to be delayed. And to get her all cleaned up and prettied for Christmas, so he took her to PetSmart. And this is Christmas Eve. He said, I just need to pick up a couple extra things. I'm telling you, the crowd in that, you all went to PetSmart? I mean, they're <laughs> laughing. They were lined from the register, which is at the front of the store, all the way to the 50-pound dog food in the back. 
and around the corner. He goes, it was so packed in there. I mean, you couldn't, dogs barking everywhere. And you could barely take a step. I mean, if you went to Walmart, you went to Lowe's yesterday, okay, you can't walk down an aisle. The places are packed. And yet, churches, well, we better meet online. Even Pastor Brendan, don't you think that that puts people at risk? Nobody cared when you go to Walmart. No. It's amazing. It's just amazing to me. Nobody cared when they went to Pesbar to get dog food and a squeaky toy. But you come to church, oh my goodness, we're going to pass the virus. People ask, you had anybody with COVID-19 at Lord of Yeah, we had a few. There was a couple people. It was a little more intense for them. We had a couple people. But I'll tell you that, first of all, you have, no, you have no knowledge to know if they got it here anyway. Okay? We meet once a week for two hours and a half, and people go pack up in the mall. Okay? You probably got it at the gas station. I'll say something. No, I'm not going to say anything about masks. All right. <laughs> Come on, listen. We all know when we're being played. There comes a point we're not stupid. We may not. We might be sheep. We're not stupid sheep. <laughs> Fool me once, they say it's jokes on you. Fool me twice, it's on me. But there comes a point we know when we're being manipulated by the news, the government. And here's what's amazing to me. We have a government, a governor in Nebraska that actually is encouraging churches to get together. And we got churches in our city that's still doing it on the Internet. Nobody can meet nowhere. Oh, that's painful. We need each other in the body of Christ. How, how, how are we going to have any victory if I can't worship by you, if I can't lay my hands on you? Come on, you can't do everything in a Zoom meeting. We got to wake up and take our blinders off and realize the devil's playing with you. All right, sit down. James, the first chapter. <laughs> I'm tired of it. So is 80 million. I don't, that's one thing I don't like, because I don't like to be lied to. Parents, your children lied to you growing up? Did you like it? No. I want people to be honest. Okay, if masks are so effective, I'll say it. I can't help myself. The pastor been preaching up here. It's up here. It's not my fault. They're so effective. Why is the people that only ever wear one and never take it off it's like wearing the same dirty diaper over and over. And they still came down with COVID. I just had to say it. 
Inquiring minds want to know. <sighs> James 1. <laughs> James, you there? Okay, good. James, the first chapter. So, let me give you a few pointers on a serious note. Let me give you a few pointers on how. So, the Bible is amazing on how the scripture teaches us to obtain or walk in complete victory all the time, even is, am I blocked? Oh, that's all right. Internet's still going, that's okay. What you afraid of? What are we afraid of? We got to close it all up. All right. <laughs> James chapter 1. I want to give this to you because we will be tested on whether or not we'll step into the ring and take the win. We will be tested. We'll be pushed on hard. Now let me, okay. How much time do I got? Okay. Pastor got me the pulpit late, so give me 10 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, there was important things to do. It, it's good. I was, oh, don't you love seeing people get filled with the Holy Ghost in church? I paused the whole Sunday just for that. But he, he, here's the thing. Um, stay in James 1 because I am going to say something about that. But it's, it's, it's very important to, to realize that we will be tested. There will be times that it feels like we should back up because it'll seem by the devil that that's the wise thing to do. But let me say this to you and preface what I'm going to tell you. If you go to the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, the early apostles went out preaching. And in fact, this is your homework. Go home and you study Acts chapter 4. They preach, after the man at the gate beautiful gets healed, they preach the gospel boldly. In fact, the gospel that they preach was rather confrontational. It made people search their soul. And they began preaching in the name and teaching in the name of Jesus. The council heard about it. Acts chapter 1, 4, or chapter, verse 1 through 3. And it said they were filled with indignation. And they pulled them aside, and the scripture says they threatened them, saying, do not teach anymore in this name. Don't gather. That's a clue for you. Don't get together. Don't speak that name. Don't talk the scriptures. Don't do it anymore. And the Bible says, and they put them in hold, threatened them further, and after they let them go, they went to their own company and had a prayer meeting. And here was their prayer. Watch this now. They didn't say, Lord, we ask that you would help us find out how we can still preach and be covert about it. No, no. Their prayer was, Lord, look at our threatenings. 
Grant thy servants more boldness that we might preach your word. They got up right after the meeting. The place was shaken. By the way, persecution and the supernatural go together. The place was shaken. They went out, had that little issue with Ananias and Sapphira and said, your husband just died and there's those that just carried out his dead body carrying you out next. And then, <laughs> Acts the sixth chapter, they went out preaching again in the temple. They heard about it and said, did, did we not tell you not to preach in that name? And they imprison them. Angel comes in middle of the night, breaks them out of the prison, and says, go back to the temple and keep preaching. They get back to the temple, and they keep on preaching. And they said, how are these people? We had them in the jail. How are they out here preaching in the middle of the temple? And as they're preaching along, they grabbed a hold of them put, and put them in chains again, and they threatened them and beat them, took them a second time before the council. And if you read the last half of Acts, the sixth chapter, you'll find out that the minute they let them go, they went right back out and said daily, not once a week, not twice on a Sunday, daily they went out in the temple preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. That's how the church started. So, there will be opposition. I said all that to say, there will be times it'll feel like we should back up, that we should stop. But Pastor Brenda, we don't want to be mean. Okay? That's like John in the ring. You don't play. I'm not going to play. We're here to go for a win. Yeah, but Pastor Brenda, don't we have to love people? No, listen, it's love to tell them don't go to hell. Now, I understand there's politeness. I get all that. But we've been talking that from our pulpits for the last four decades. Amen. There comes a point we got to shift the pendulum a little bit and get back to having some backbone and some grit and some boldness. James 1, my brethren, verse 2, count it all joy. In other words, see it as an opportunity. If we're going to know how to walk through the opposition, number one, write this down. We will have to see the opposing moments as an opportunity to do something. Count it all joy. Whether it's your job, whether it's the election, whatever it is, whatever's happening, we have to see it as an opportunity not to roll over, but to be involved and take action. Very important. That is with your life as well. Okay? If a symptom comes up on your body, don't just you know, wait till it explodes before you use the name of Jesus on it. All right? See it as an opportunity. Number one, when you get tested, see it as an opportunity to use what's in you. Use what's on the inside. Use your weapons. Those of you that were filled with the Holy Spirit today, praying in tongues is a weapon. It's a weapon against the forces of darkness. And that's a whole sermon by itself, but it's a weapon. Learn to pray. Keep praying in the Spirit. Okay, that's one of the biggest weapons the church has. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The Bible says we don't know how to pray as we ought, Romans 8, 26. But the Spirit makes intercession for us and through us. Amen. See, it always is an opportunity to whip the sword out and chop off the devil's head. Knowing uh, that you count it all joy when you fall into diverse tests. In other words, various, the word diverse in the King James is the word various tests. 
If we're going to be able to stand up to the opposition and always take the win, know that you will be tested. There will be trials. Okay, this isn't a cakewalk. We're not here to play church. This is war. There's a war against the spirits of darkness. We're in the battle of the ages since the garden. So we're going to have to realize, Jesus said, in this world, you listen, we live in a fallen world. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Knowing this, that I've overcome it. Okay, so number two, know that there will be tests. Number three, verse three, knowing this, somebody say knowing. Okay, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. That word knowing is the word gnosko in the Greek, and it means to have an inner perception. Somewhere, yeah, I don't know how this trial got here. I don't know what happened. I don't know why that went like that or went down like that. But one thing I know, that even though this test did not come from God, okay, get that straight. Okay, one guy I heard get on and go, well, see, God and the devil are kind of partners. You know, God uses the devil to make you strong. God does not use the devil as a partner. Okay? God is against the devil. The devil is here, and that's a whole sermon by itself. <laughs> I'm not going to say. But here's the thing. God does not use the devil as an ally to test you. Yeah, but Pastor Brenda, what about the book of Job? Remember Job? Remember Job? The book of Job was not about God using the devil to test Job. The book of Job is a book that relates how man was before Jesus came. It says in Job 38, God wondered that there was no intercessor. Okay? Job, the only righteousness he had for himself was his own, which by the end of the book he found out was not sufficient. Okay? It was a book of man without Christ. Without Christ, we're first of all game to the enemy, but all Job could stand in was the hedge of God that came about him that he developed by his own right doing. And at the end of the book, God let him know, you ain't doing this without me. I created everything and nothing, nothing you can do can make you righteous enough to stand before God because that's what Job fought for the entire book. I've done right. Why has this happened to me? Okay. And that could say more about that. But for the sake of time, know this. The testing of your faith, you have to know it, Works, patience, or committed endurance. Amen. Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. Or let endurance develop to the point of maturity. Realize that some things for you to kick over. Well, let me say it like this. Some games go into overtime. Okay? It's not always over at the half. Okay, you don't run to victory in the locker room at halftime. Sometimes you're going to have to play that thing with 42 replays. You're going to have to push that point. You're going to have to work for that end zone. You're going to have to put, dig deep and give it everything you have. Realize this, let endurance have its work. Let it have its work. Come on, listen. If you want to take clues, look at God. God is an enduring God. Genesis to Revelation. Right? That's all we have to say about that. Let patience have its work. In other words, don't get frustrated in the middle and weary in well-doing, as Pastor said before. Don't do that. 
that you may be complete or perfect and entire, lacking, here's one of those absolutes again, lacking in nothing, wanting nothing. Think about that. Nothing, 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 nothing. It means nothing. Lacking in zero. You may be complete and entire. Let patience. In other words, work that game to the end. Okay? Okay, if there was two teams battling on the football field and they battled it, battled it, battled it, and it came down to the fourth quarter with two minutes left and the game was tied, and one team said, oh, we just can't do it anymore. We're going home. You would, okay, again, crazy thinking. But in the church, this is how we do sometimes. And then we lack victories. We lack wins. We lack overcoming. Verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, if they come to the piano, so I'll be done. If any of you lack wisdom, because there will be times when you're fighting a battle, okay? There's times we say, God, give us wisdom every week when Facebook closes us. Right? Give us wisdom. If you lack wisdom in the middle of the battle, watch this. Let him ask of God. Now, who gives to all men liberty. Now, there's two ways you could say let him ask of God. First of all, let him ask of God for wisdom, but let him ask God for whatever you need. Jesus said, John 14, 14, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. So think about this. If any of you lack the wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask God for the wisdom and ask him for what you need. Who gives to all men, how? So don't let anybody tell you or get you the idea or tell yourself that somehow you're just sitting there thinking God is up there with all the good stuff in his fists holding back. That's what the devil will tell you. And if you agree with that, then that's what you'll get. God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not or gives it without rebuke. God is a giver. God doesn't tell us to be givers and then him not be a giver. Okay? He gave Jesus, but he's still giving. Now let me finish with this last one. Stand to your feet. But let him, verse 6, now here's, this is the icing with that cute little rosette on the top of the cake. If I, nothing you got that I said today didn't help you but this one. Get this one. But let him ask or make his requests in faith. Somebody say faith. faith. And we know what faith is, right? Okay. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. Faith, not actually seeing it, is the evidence. Okay, you know it down here before you ever see it out here. That's what faith is. Let him ask, knowing in here, may not see it, without wavering. In other words, you can't be in faith one day, out of faith the next, defeated one day, in victory the next. No, it doesn't work like that. Nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. In other words, he's a person or a, she's a woman with no direction. Okay? We, we can't afford to be people of no direction right now, can we? Driven with the wind and tossed. Here's the verse. For let that man or woman 
think for one second that he shall receive anything of the Lord. In other words, no results. For a double-minded man or woman is unstable in all their ways. We got to shift our thinking in faith for victory in 2021. Amen. Thank you for letting me talk to you today. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you to bring every one of them into victory, that your promise shall not be cut short over their life. I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that any doubts, any fears, any apprehensions, any ways of thinking that have not aligned with your plan, your way, or your will, or your word, that it would be eradicated in the name of Jesus. I pray that every eye and ear under the sound of my voice would be opened and that you would bring your people into the greatest successful victories that they've seen in their lifetime. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Well, God bless you. Hug somebody as you go. And we will see you Thursday night right here at Lord of Hosts Church.